0: Welcome to the Get Offset podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, it's great to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, Sarah is part of a group called Striking Matches. Yeah. But what? But what? What? <laughs> um, really awesome stuff. Just really guitar-based, which you know I think I appreciate a lot. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will too. Um I guess for lack of a better word kind of Americana.
1: You know, a little bit of Americana, a little we we kind of have self-labeled it as pop rock Americana. So that's Nice. That's kind of the I genre. Dig it. yeah. <laughs> the
2: name the, the name says it all. It's uh, your music is straight fire.
1: Hey, okay, there you yes. go. <laughs> hey. Thanks. Um, no, it's 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 I'll got like a really I, I've been listening
2: to it all day today and I uh, oh, admittedly haven't heard of you guys before cuz I'm yeah. more into the Uh, rock metal scene totally good gravy you've got some serious energy to it and that's one of my favorite (laughs) things about music is if the music doesn't make me want to get up and dance or mosh or whatever then like what's the point
0: yeah (laughs) on the
2: whole but there's some really good stuff there oh thank you
0: thank you so sarah where might people have heard your music um well we have
1: had um some songs on tv which is probably unless you found us like on Spotify or in the live world, um, then you might've heard our music on TV. We've had um, nine songs on the TV show Nashville. And uh, this past year we had a song on Grey's Anatomy. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. We had... Uh, a couple of other syncs on a couple of other shows. We had one on American Idol, which was really cool. Wow, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it was like in um, like in those scenes where the people are auditioning, but they're kind of like it's sort of B-roll stuff. We had one of our songs on that, which we didn't actually even know it was happening. A lot of times, it's happened to us once before where um, they license the song for the span of the season, and if they use it, they use it. And the first time they didn't end up using it. So the second time they did end up using it, but we didn't know. And Justin's parents were watching and they were like, oh my God, your song is on the show. And we had no idea. So uh, Justin's mom left him this like amazing voicemail that we ended up putting on our social media because it was so funny. Um, So it was really cool. So we've had, we've had some songs in the sync world, um, and then other than that, we're just on, you know, iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. So
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah. I well, um, just for the listeners, Sarah and I actually went to college together. We were in the same freshman dorm. Yeah. Though I know you played guitar and I knew you were much better than me, so I was really afraid of you. Oh,
1: oh no. <laughs> I was
0: like, wow, she's a very good guitarist. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm better now than I was in college, but um, I mean, we all are. I hope. I I hope so. Yeah. If you aren't getting better, then exactly. What are you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you aren't getting better, you're getting worse, probably. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Probably. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. I know before the episode, we were talking a little about your your gear and your sort of minimalistic approach to it. I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I have always had a minimalistic approach to gear and I don't know if that just comes from, um, just, I think I'm the type of person that like, once I find what I like, that's it. And I'm like, I don't even need to know a lot about it. I just know what I like. Like wine, for example. I know what I like in wine. I don't know a lot about wine, but I know what kind of wine I like. And I think I'm that way with like pedals and things like that. It's just I know what I'm looking for. I know what I need to get me to the place that I want to go. And that's all I want. That's all I want to have to carry with me. We travel so much that like having a massive pedal board is hard for me. I'm a small person. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I like to – to Two, like the more stuff you have, the more stuff that can break and go wrong. And I've had that happen too. And it's just like, which one of these is not working? So when which I started to just like take it? exactly when I started to just take stuff away and really only use the stuff I needed, then I found myself in a much more peaceful place. <laughs> awesome. Um, yes. So I play about probably 99% of the time I play a Gibson SG. Um, Gibson has been very, very good to us over the last year and has just been super supportive of us and of me, especially being a female guitar player and all that. They've just been really cool. And so I'm pretty much SG all the way. I have uh, a white one. Um, because I used to actually be like all telly all the time. Justin played a strat. I played a telly. That was the deal. Justin is my duet partner, by the way. Um, which we can talk about that later. But, um, and we, we were making our first record and it was produced by T-Bone Burnett, who's amazing. And I started to play a lot of slide around that time. And so he was like, you know, you should be playing an SG and, you should get a white one because sister Rosetta Tharp had a white one. And I was like, well, okay, she's like really awesome. So I will. Um, But I honestly just have an SG from Guitar Center and it's so rad. I love it. Um, I love the tone. And then I just got a new one. There's a new 2019 Gibson model. Um, And it's this like really cool blue. I think it's called blueberry burst or blueberry fade. One of those, something to oh, do with blue nice. bass Um, but it is also really cool. And so those are my guitars. Um, my pedals, I just have um, I got a boss tuner, you know. And then I have yeah. an O C those. OCD overdrive, uh, an MXR reverb and a pog octave pedal that I use on a couple of songs, and that is it. Nice. <laughs> and then I have a Near my amp, I did have the speaker altered, so I have a larger speaker in there, um, which makes it a little heavier, but uh, it, I think the Blues Junior sometimes is a little bit boxy, and having this new speaker is, has taken away the boxiness, so, um, but that's it. That's all I take with me.
2: (laughs) If you can't make that sound good, then you're doing something wrong. That's a solid little setup.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, that's, that's my minimalistic approach. (laughs)
0: Nice, love
2: that. I dig it. I I, in a a strange way I envy that because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where uh, I tend to act like uh, overkill is the best kill,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) and that's gotten me in trouble before. I'm like, we're we're going on in five, and my giant wet dry wet stereo whatever, and there's a one dead patch cable, and I've only got one backup, and I hope it's long enough to. And so I've I found myself more than once like right before we go on like kicking my pedal board like oh yeah i've done that to figure out where the where the the crackle is Yep. (laughs) i can't say i recommend it but
0: yeah i think last time i played a show i brought two pedals a volume pedal and in the moon canyon because it just has overdrive reverb and delay and they all sound great i'm like i don't want to screw with bringing even my smaller pedal board i just want the one pedal
1: i'm not playing a lot
0: of songs that's it
1: yeah yeah. The only thing I miss is a volume pedal. I haven't had one of those with me in a long time because the setup that Justin and I do is so uh, we need our feet because Justin's playing guitar and a kick drum. I'm playing guitar and a kick tambourine. And so I can't like use the volume pedal while I'm trying to do the tambourine. And it's so heavy that I just took it out. But I do miss that having that ability to just like give yourself a little extra kind of fade in mm-hmm. and out. I kind of miss that. I've Had to learn to do it with my hand, which is fine. Um, but I do yeah. miss the volume pedal. He just reminded yeah. me.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there. I I get that. Uh, you said you play the tambourine with your foot, and he plays the kick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that would be a little much. Yeah, it's a
1: lot. A lot of moving parts. <laughs>
0: yeah, unless you were sitting down, I don't. Know how you right. would, yeah, true. Your
1: Balance, yes, yes, yeah. and I have to do it in heels, and that's hard, but I've practiced <laughs> many, many hours.
2: Well, your soul. I don't,
0: oh know. my gosh, yeah, so. uh, yeah, you and Prince, man, <laughs> ah, right?
1: <laughs> Both just too short. <laughs> mm. Love
0: Prince. How tall are you?
1: Well, I'm five four, which is not super
0: short. That's not short. That's like <laughs> average for women, I think. Yeah,
1: but I, when I'm on stage and I'm wearing flat shoes, I just feel short. And I yeah. think so much of like how you present yourself on stage is is part of your performance. And if I feel mm-hmm. like I don't look good or how I want to look, I don't play as well. So totally. I have to sort of like put that in to my whole deal. Which is just, it's just part of it, I think. And then I try and just have, like, really cool shoes all the time. So people are always like, your shoes yeah. are so neat. So, your aesthetic
0: you know. is really great. Thank you. It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> but, like, just, like, the sharp suits that Justin wears. And I think it was the, yeah. uh, when you did the instrumental of um, Gold Digger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? that? Whatever you're wearing, I'm like, that's dope. Thanks. It, I got
1: that off of a store called Nasty Gal, which is an amazing store. I think they only have women's clothes, but they have just like some really rad jumpers and stuff, and they're not very nice. really expensive. Oh, and really? That thing is called Cape It Together. They all have like really yeah. funny names. That Cape It Together.
0: That's funny. <laughs> I was like, man, capes are underrated. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs>
1: <gasps> i i
2: gotta i i gotta drop a little uh rant real quick not rant but like something that i've been thinking about lately is uh um, i'm redoing the website or not redoing i'm creating a website for my pedal topper company which i do volume expression watt pedal toppers
0: Grand and boss uh, pedal toppers
2: and Sweet. boss pedal toppers yeah and so the thing that i've been kind of wrapping my head around like the philosophy and how i want to uh, not attack this but how i want to present this to the world. Is mm-hmm. because I think that what I have provides value, but it's it's still very much a superficial thing. And trying to think about it in a way that's like, well, no, actually, this is really important. And um, so I was, I was up till like midnight last night writing about aesthetic and how that's a really important part of uh, artistic expression. It's not just about the sound. There's so much more to who we are as artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just re- that really rounds out the whole the broader picture. And so absolutely, one hundred percent the way you present yourself the way you look, the way that you feel, the way you do your hair, the way uh the colors mm-hmm. that I, I need to start coloring my hair again Goodness. it's just about um,
0: it's mm-hmm. about confidence really yeah, whatever totally. whatever gives yeah. you the confidence you need to perform, if it's high heels or if it's you know having your guitar look a certain way, and
1: yeah exactly and mm-hmm. that,
2: yeah, I'm definitely all about the uh you do you and don't apologize for it,
1: yeah, totally,
2: yeah, unless the totally. you is just a total asshole but you can bleep
0: that <laughs> right yeah I'm not, not. Bleep, I'm not bleeping that <laughs> out I'm not bleeping that out so, but yeah. I will say um uh, everyone listening about the bleeps uh if you listen to the Louise episode I had to bleep quite a bit of it <laughs> there was one bleep where you could absolutely tell that she was saying the f-word still and my husband looked at me he's like Emily <laughs> he's like that wasn't bleeped enough I'm like no it's fine he's like bleep it more <laughs> come on rick i didn't
1: know I that th- there were like multiple levels of bleeping
0: <laughs> i just like bleeped the uh sound so <laughs> you can still hear the f- and the Yeah. C-. Gotcha.
1: <laughs>
2: see what i think we need to do is we need to bleep it out with meow noises
0: Ooh, find a good meow idea. noise andrew
2: i i you know what i'm gonna do that i'm gonna find a good meow noise and i think that'll just I really tie together good the uh the aesthetic of this podcast
0: or i'll just there hold princess carrie fisher up to a microphone and annoy her <laughs> my husband my my cat actually is more of a like a squeaky chirpy meow but my husband uh, always does the, the best impression impression of her meow and it's ah, ah, <laughs> i don't think anybody wants that
2: <laughs> yeah we don't really need to blow out the tweeters on anybody's sound systems
0: oh no was that loud
2: no no it wasn't that loud i'm just you know after i I, what who was it was clifton worley someone was talking about how like he was blowing out subwoofers
0: he's He's got got he's got a low draw he's
2: got that low draw
0: i love clifton he's great He's just so soothing just put that on and fall asleep i don't think
2: it puts you asleep i think i just spend the whole time thinking wow i wish i had that voice
0: it's just so soothing It's (laughs) it's <laughs> it's
2: smooth, like
0: yeah. but like
2: in a molasses kind of smooth. It's like I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna stop talking now. He's gonna get ideas.
0: He's gonna be like <laughs> that. Andrew guy likes me <laughs> now. Yeah. So Sarah, you said you have um a single coming out, or it will have come out, I guess. By yeah, the- it
1: will have been out. Um, March eighth. It's the first single of um, quite a big project. I think it's gonna turn into being. Um, we're going to be releasing, um, probably about three EPs over the next year, essentially. Um, wow. so this is the first single from the first one and kind of the idea is that, um, we, you know, we, we've, just and I have been a band for seven years, something like that. And, where we started is very different than where we are now, which I think after that amount of time, especially coming from neither one of us intended move to Nashville to be artists, really we both moved to Nashville to just be guitar players. And so we, you know, our first couple of years are figuring it out. And so our art stylistically, we've grown and um, as players, we've grown as writers, we've grown. And so we sort of like dip our toes into several different genres, basically. Um, So we write just like a lot of different stuff. And so the idea was, you know, over the last year or two, we've, we've had a hard time because we felt like we had to kind of point in a certain direction and it wasn't really working. And so we were just like, why don't we just do the things that we do and let's just split them up into, you know, sort of seasons almost or, you know, parts of a day. And so we're going to do the first EP. It will be like a little bit more rock oriented. Second EP will be a little bit more pop oriented. And the third one will be a little bit more like Americana live, kind of what our first record was. Um, and, you know, it'll be a lot of, there'll probably be a couple like seven minute songs on that one. And um, But we really wanted to just kind of give our fans the opportunity to hear all of the things that we do instead of trying to, go in one place and have that sort of be like playing with an an arm behind our backs, you know? Um, so, and the way that people listen to music now anyway, we just felt like, let's just, let's just pare it down. Let's not do a whole record at once. Let's do three EPs that will become a full record of all of these different styles that we feel like we, we can do. And so that's yeah. what we're
0: going to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I already said this, but I love that. I think that's just such a great <laughs> idea. Um, I, the idea of just making it so that there are these cohesive sounds, but also almost not trying to overdo it, like
1: exactly, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I think it's kind of perfect, and it reminds me of something I've tried to do before, um, working with other artists. Like, how about mm-hmm. you just do an A side and a B side every month instead of trying to do one right. album all at once? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know that.
2: You know that makes you think of like when an artist like kind of locks themselves into a sound, and then they release an album that's got a different even. It doesn't even have to be that different. It's just a different take on things. was like, oh, well, I like the first album better. They suck. They sold out. I know. And I think I know. <laughs> that really bothers me.
1: It's one of my pet peeves, I think, of. And it, it's hard. I mean, I try and, and look at it from both sides of the coin because obviously, like, I'm an artist, but I'm also a music listener and I'm a consumer. And so I try and see it from both sides because I think I can be like that, too. But, like, from the artist perspective, it's so hard to just be, like, okay, I'm just doing this one thing and the the X people liked that one thing, but then there's all these other people that might like this other thing. And so to, to, to not even allow yourself to be that kind of artist, I think would be, I don't know if I could do it.
0: (laughs) I mean, as a listener and a fan, um, I love it when artists change things up because I don't want to listen to the same record every three years. Like what Mm -hmm. I love about um, like people like Prince and Elvis Costello is that Mm -hmm. they have so many different genres like, oh, I'm kind of in a mood for, for, for funk. So I'll put on this Prince record. If I want more rock, Mm -hmm. I'll put on this Prince record. If I want some new Jack Mm -hmm. swing, that one, like, and yeah, I think it just enables people to um, have a deeper relationship with your music. Exactly. I mean, I'm not
2: opposed to like having like the having locking yourself down into a sound. I think that's totally fine if Mm
1: -hmm. if
2: that's the kind of thing that the artist wants to do because then they're they're still inspired, they're still getting Mm -hmm. getting to it. And it's I think it becomes a problem when it's like, oh, well, you've you've locked yourself in here now, you're kind of stuck. And Mm -hmm. that's where when we when I get the sense that the artist is is tied down or just is stuck in a right, that's when I uh, mm-hmm. That's problematic. I think we gotta give our artists permission to step out of the step out of the box a little bit. Think outside yeah. the bun. Like yeah. Taco Bell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Exactly. It all comes back to Taco Bell.
2: Mm, crunchy. I'd be
0: fine with that. Or cheesy. Sawdust. There you go.
1: We're both I like Taco Bell. It's I haven't been to Taco Bell in many, many years. Yeah,
0: it's been a while. There's so many alternatives out here.
2: Taco time is great. I don't yeah. think I've been to Taco Bell since I've had access to taco time.
0: What about Del Taco?
2: You know, I've got an interesting history with Del Taco, but we can get into that another time.
0: <sighs> Let me be honest, I don't like taco time.
1: I've never even heard of taco
0: time.
2: I like it for what it is. Uh, it's it, like a
0: cleaner taco bell.
2: I like it <laughs> better than Chipotle, hands down.
0: Oh. Mm um not no a, that's a place i haven't been to in years
1: yeah i kind of stopped going after
0: everybody got sick
1: <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly <laughs> um,
2: yeah I won't, I won't touch that if i have a choice
0: after like the third or fourth time like once i'm like i'll forgive you twice maybe not three times you're i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to put my body at risk
2: <laughs> what everybody seems to forget is like chipotle was owned by mcdonald's at one point in time i don't yeah, think they was. still are but like they st- i feel like they still run it mm-hmm. kind of it, like it is a fast food chain and so yeah, yeah for sure people just get fooled and lured into into the whole like oh it's like this is this is good quality food not to say that it's not it but, like,
0: is it, i mean it was like higher quality
2: but like let like let's be honest with ourselves it's still fast food i don't know
0: it's fast but fast doesn't have to mean bad it can just mean like uh, well operated and well run Like think about food trucks People love food trucks Is that not sure, fast food?
2: No. I mean I guess that's fair I don't know
0: Like is Maz Tacos oh, fast food? Oh good point mm. Oh my I'm god mad. Maz Tacos I mean, Fast food has it's place
2: Like in and out Best burger chain in the nation
0: I still think you're wrong
2: <laughs> No I just like it for the nostalgia And it gives me the excuse To just say little things like that Like best best burger chain out there And I'm not sure I agree with that but it, it's my favorite, and so I just like to interject that and wait for this, uh-huh. the awkward silence of everybody running through their through <laughs> the, the list of the 18 other different burger joints that they prefer.
0: What's Nashville's big burger joint, though? Uh, burger up. Oh.
1: <laughs> we just got a Shake Shack in well, Green Hills.
0: Yeah, um, Andrew, I told you Shake Shack.
1: Yep, Shake Shack
0: is very good.
2: I still haven't been to the one in Seattle.
1: It's really good. I think a lot of people compare In and Out and Shake Shack, and they're like Shake Shack's better, In and Out's better. But I just don't think. I think they're just different, and I think yeah. they should be appreciated for what they
0: are individually.
2: In and Out's <laughs> definitely its own thing.
0: In and Out's fries are garbage.
2: You know, I resent that.
0: You represent that.
2: <laughs> no, I I that. I re- Sorry, <laughs> I said
0: that was a mouthful of whiskey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I I like the fries. I don't expect everybody else to like them. In and out stuff, def- I I don't I don't defend in and out for everybody else. I don't think everybody has to like it. It's just something that I personally deeply enjoy and I I just don't want people telling me that I can't enjoy it or that my taste is bad. It's just it's my thing.
1: Well, yeah, that's no one's right to do that.
0: All right. Um so on that note, should we thank our sponsor in and out? <laughs> Uh, no, our sponsor
2: is actually yes. taco bell speaking of which uh no. so, uh 425 order crunch wrap supreme
0: you know what i love those quesadillas whatever that sauce is they put in them is whew.
2: you know it's fu- it's funny because i said 425 Everybody. because that's five minutes after you're supposed to get high every day
0: every day just, no. god are you okay andrew i'm a little worried about you uh,
2: you, you know man i'm just i'm cool i'm doing great Sorry.
0: I, I got – someone reached out to me so to enzymes. give me some free CBD oil, and they told me to take three drops three times a day. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Well, yeah. That's a lot.
1: I haven't tried I'm, that stuff yet. There's a spot that just opened right down the street from my house. CBD oil. That sells it. Yes, they're everywhere now.
2: I'm pretty decidedly a, uh, an alcohol and caffeine kind of guy. I, I like what I like.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. I think someone said – well, my mom read that CBD oil is hard on your liver so she said she hadn't been taking the one the stuff i gave her i'm like well so is alcohol <laughs> <True>. wait what <laughs> so, so is tylenol yeah, ibuprofen's
2: true. awful for your liver that's why fun fact you're not oh, so it's po- bad for
0: your stomach it's bad yeah. for your stomach
1: it's all bad for everything except pain
2: <laughs> uh, i think you're not supposed to take it like immediately after uh, to prevent a hangover so like if you've been drinking at night I've heard that you're not supposed to take it like before you go to sleep. You got to wait till the morning till your liver's had a chance to settle out.
0: I don't think it's – I think that's more – I think it's actually a stomach ulcer thing. Like I know, Tylenol mm. is just really bad for your liver, but I right. think that mm. ibuprofen is hard on your stomach.
2: Well, maybe that's it. I don't know. Thank
0: you, You're not supposed to have it on empty stomach. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, our
2: sponsor is not Taco Bell, and uh, we tylenol. are all <laughs> we are good human beings that don't do the devil's lettuce. Um, why would we do that? And
0: I would like their lettuce. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've actually never tried it.
0: <laughs> no, just like this like the crap they put on the taco.
1: <laughs> oh, the Taco Bell's
0: lettuce. Yeah, the like air lettuce. It makes me feel better about eating it.
1: Yeah, it's Taco Bell
2: lettuce green, is the right? devil's lettuce. Green. What else would the devil's lettuce be?
0: <laughs> kale. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, no kale. <laughs> kale.
1: I like. Chard. Chard. I, I'm... Swiss chard.
0: Swiss chard. Swiss chard. <laughs>
2: good gravy this is just going straight off the rails and uh
0: apologize in advance to chad
2: yes yeah, sorry chad we uh we've blemished this episode uh um, we
0: blemished your sponsorship forever
2: yeah so chad chad jennings jennings the man the wonder the incredible guitar builder um this is
0: the extraordinaire
2: this is why we're supposed to script this out i, I feel like i should i'm just winging this uh, all I know is that he makes great guitars for an incredible price. Handmade in the USA. Uh, yeah, they look really great. And I'm definitely buying one this year. That's the plan.
0: All right. sir, <laughs> have you seen his guitars? Judge Endings guitars? I haven't. I'm about to we'll Google see. them, though. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Check it out. It's... He
0: has some, he, he has a really great dog hair finish we've talked about before.
2: And his custom builds are just insanely well-priced like for a custom build a lot of places you're looking at four to five k and uh i think Mm -hmm. his the one i'm looking at getting he starts at like right around the two grand mark Uh, wow and his telly his telly build just called the navigator starts at 15
0: Mm -hmm. like
2: that's cool that's the same cost of a no i think the fender american professionals are up to 16.50 now yeah Yeah. so it's cheap
1: yeah i think you're right and yeah.
2: he's a one-man shop right now wow. it's all the necks are hand carved amazing um yeah Dang. so for the 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 quality of what you're getting at the price point is unbeatable right.
0: yeah uh, yeah Fender totally
2: is is got to pick up the game if i'm going to buy something new from them again as opposed to a jennings sure. at that price <laughs> point so
0: there you go i mean i'm going to buy that tenor uh guitar that they're putting out regardless Oh, well, you like tenors? I, I I love tenor guitars. I got I mean my hands aren't super small, but they're smaller than some
1: Same. <laughs> yeah. We manage. We do. We get by. I have um thumbs that are um toe thumbs if you've ever heard of those. Uh if you haven't, give it a Google. Uh but my thumbs are really short and stubby and look like toes. And so that like my hands are just small and I have small little toe thumbs, but to get by <laughs>
0: huh i have not actually heard of that well, how about that um huh. give it a google megan fox has
1: one just one uh i believe it's more common to have one i think it's more common to have one than it is to have two but i have been blessed with two
0: at least you have the symmetry
1: <laughs> that's true i'm actually very grateful for that i'd rather have two than just one i'd rather have like normal thumbs, but i didn't get those so
0: that probably just forced you into proper proper playing techniques
1: I hope so. I mean, I use my thumb quite a bit um, yeah. on both hands, but they're definitely shorter than the average uh, thumb and wider. Huh. <laughs>
2: oh, I, I can't wrap around on a neck and use my thumb for the low strings. I can't do it. Really?
0: Like ah.
2: I, I just, I was always told to not, and so I've just never tried to make that a thing.
0: I was also told. It's
1: one to of not. my favorite. It's one yeah. of my favorite techniques. I yeah. I use it all the time.
0: I, I think love it, it. yeah, I I prefer it. Yeah. Well
2: maybe one day I want to expand past my genting ways. I'll look into it.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um so do we wanna talk about the topic?
2: I mean, probably. It's a it's about that time of the day.
0: <laughs> so it's about the time to talk about the topic. Um Andrew, you didn't say today that we're gonna talk about stuff and things.
2: Stuff and things.
0: <laughs> things and stuff and hats and boots.
2: Boots and hats and boots and
1: hats. <laughs> um.
0: that, that sign isn't there in Nashville anymore, is it, Sarah? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. And on in near, like, off Lower Broadway, there used to be a store that had that big neon sign that said hats, boots, hats,
1: boots. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I don't actually know. I I mean, it's probably not to be yeah. honest, but it might be. I mean, people still come in from out of town and go get their three pairs of boots for a hundred bucks or whatever it is. That's a good um, deal, but
0: you can find three pairs of boots that I won't mean, terrify you. Yeah. They're pretty yep. agile boots, most of them.
2: I used to wear <laughs> yeah, boots at one I, point in time. and I just, I, I, it never jived with me.
1: Yeah, I've never been able to do the cowboy boots.
0: Yeah. Cowboy boots are a yeah. special thing. True.
1: They are, and I think only certain people can really make them work, and I'm not one of those people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I have, like, a lot of rounded toe boots, like, not quite Doc Martens, but more in the vein of Doc Martens, Mm -hmm. and those seem to suit me a little better. So how often do you all make it out to the West Coast? Um
1: trying to make it out there more uh we just did Nam, which was really cool um but for like shows we were in we did like a small west coast run in when was that I think it was the early fall I'm pretty sure um but we only we did like San Francisco LA um San Diego we nice. didn't get up to um Seattle or Portland or anything. It's been a couple years actually, so we're way overdue ah. for getting back there, but I th- we're now with all the new music coming out, we're starting to work on the tour dates. So hopefully soon, hopefully before long.
0: Awesome. How was NAM? I think that's what you're talking about when Andrew joined.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really really cool. We went 2 years ago and it was a little overwhelming for us. Um, there were just so many people. Mm -hmm. And we were literally only there for one performance and it was just like a lot. But this year we actually, Gibson brought us out to play um, to do some like demos in their booth and then do like an actual show for them. And it was just really cool. They've, they've um, done a really nice job at kind of coming back and um, it was really cool. We really enjoyed it. We didn't get to see a lot. Um, I mean, there's just so much, Um, but we got to see a few good things and, um just got to play some really cool instruments and it was a lot of fun and then we went to disneyland obviously Ah. that was great
0: too (laughs) disneyland (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was a good time i'm hoping to go to disneyland
2: (laughs) soon i think that's the plan
0: when the kid is a smidge older
2: i think we're going down to california sometime this year oh that's right that's
0: right
2: yeah so yeah that's the tentative plan. There may or may not be a Disneyland trip involved.
0: Yeah, Ooh. I might try to do summer. I might try to do summer Nam this year in Nashville because I've been needing, needing nice, to get yeah. back to Nashville. It's been five years. We oh, actually four years. Wow. We moved away about four That's years. Crazy. Ago. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Keep me posted. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be
0: there. Yeah, again. totally. Get in with those dwarfcraft peeps. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So shall I? I... Let's see here. I have one question because I heard a hint of something earlier this episode and I wanted to flesh it out a little bit. And so I'm just going to ask a really Mm -hmm. pointed and very obviously, um, it's, I'm going to be, I'm going to provoke a response here that I think I'm going to get very (laughs) intentionally. So, um, all right. So Sarah, what is it like I'm being nervous. married to your bandmate? Because I'm just going to assume that you guys are obviously well, together.
1: We're not married. <laughs> uh yes, we're not married, but uh we are together and I th- I mean, I think I think I don't know. It's great for for me and us and it really works. I think the my favorite part about my and our career is that We get to go through the highs together and we go through the lows together. So we're never alone in any of it. There's always somebody to celebrate with. There's always somebody to commiserate with. Um, There's always a travel buddy. You never have to, you know, take these flights and do all this stuff alone, which I never wanted to be a solo artist uh, or a solo anything. Like I did give a solo career a go before I moved to Nashville. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't like it. I'm by myself. I hate it. Uh, Because I grew up playing with people, which I think we'll get to in a minute. And so being able to have a career with with your person is um, great. I don't know that it's for everyone. You know, I think some people are very like they need their thing and they're on their own and they're doing their thing. And then their person is doing their thing. And then, you know, they see each other at dinner every night. And that's cool, too. Um, I think everybody's different in that way. But I think it definitely works for me and it works for us. And it's it's my favorite part about what we do is the fact that, you know, we get to do it all together. Oh, that's
2: very
0: heartwarming. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to see people so who, can, like, who, can, who can actually do that together because I know some people just could not, could not like work with their partner.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, you, you see it happen where – people do and then it doesn't work out and all of that stuff. And I think, I don't know, I've never been worried about that part of it. It's just, well, of course it's going to work out. It's all fine. Yeah. Um, and, I but I think we also just, we really rely on each other to, to get through stuff and to, um, you know, get on stage every night and we use each other as, as help up, you know, and I think that's part of it too, is knowing how to, how to have that balance and all of that. Oh,
0: so. that's great. I actually didn't realize that
1: (laughs) we don't make a thing out of it. That's the, that's the main thing is like, it's not part of our, some, some bands that are that way make it a part of their whole thing, which I think is great and it's cool, but it's not the thing we want everyone to focus on. Oh yeah. So for us, it's sort of like a, if you know, you know, and that's cool. But if you don't, that's cool too.
0: (laughs) And if you want us to cut that, we can. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, it's cool. Oh. All right.
2: I was just asking the point of question. I, I it, something you said earlier maybe think that like you you guys weren't together, but some people would assume that that was a thing all the time. And that was I I just yes. completely misread that. I know well, who was, it? <laughs> it was Iron and Wine, I think that was their dynamic cuz they weren't together. Um I think that was the band name.
0: Oh yeah, um, right. Wait, are there two people? I I thought Iron and Wine was just Sam Beam. I
1: think there's only one in Iron and Wine. What
2: band? I forgot Civil Wars, maybe was that it?
0: Civil Wars, you're thinking of the yeah. Civil Wars? Oh right,
1: yeah, Civil Wars. Everybody yeah. thought they were together, but they were like both right. married. Yeah, that's not. Together.
0: Yeah. And I just, I, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. we don't need the other. A little awkwardness there. They're not a band anymore for a reason, I assume.
1: I know. Well,
0: they were so good. Together. Yeah, I have no idea.
1: They were so great. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there is that. I think it's it's like usually one way or the other. People assume that we are. or They assume that we're not. Um, but they always ask, and we always just tell them whatever we feel like on that day. <laughs> Sometimes we tell them and sometimes we like make up some story and oh, I like that. that we're arch enemies and it's a good time.
0: <laughs> we actually just we hate each other so much. Yep, we've uh, used that one. <laughs> Where the music comes from. Oh. And yeah. Then, sometimes
1: uh, people will they'll say, like, are you married? Are you brother and sister? And we'll just say both.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well what,
0: you're not that far south. What
2: happens in Alabama stays in Alabama.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we don't have any listeners in Alabama. Yeah, that <laughs> we did we were not about to yet.
2: Oh, it's <laughs> not like that's the first time that joke's ever been made.
0: let's make it okay. <sighs> well, all right. We I apologize on behalf of everything that everyone has just said.
2: I am. A, I I'm just a <laughs> What can I say? I'm a, just. That's a, not the worst joke. I'm a grade A doofusaurus. <laughs>
1: It's gonna be my next band,
0: <laughs> so.
1: Grade A Dufasaurus, playing at Bonnaroo.
0: Yes, <laughs> playing <laughs> at the other tent.
2: That's that's actually gonna be the yeah. new, new solo project. Grade A there Dufasaurus, I love it. It'll, oh.
0: Mine is a uh, yeah, that's a good one. I play
2: for kids' birthday parties <laughs> exclusively.
0: Oh, that would be good, Andrew. That is good. It's yeah. such a good market for kids' music in Seattle.
2: That would really there Casper baby
0: can't can't play every gig. It's a real person.
2: I I believe you. I I (laughs) will take your word for it wholeheartedly.
0: Is it's the guy from the presidents of the United States of America. He started a kid's
2: podcast
0: for baby pants. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Huh.
2: That's a that's a career shift.
0: Interesting. He's played our events. I didn't well not like the events I've worked.
2: No, I think uh, I think now that I'm thinking about, it, I think yeah, he wasn't he there at Timber last year.
0: No, he wasn't at Timber. He was at Chomp. Huh. is that free festival in Redmond in yeah, August. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's crazy. <laughs> Small world. Well, speaking of sure. kids and music.
0: Oh, th- good there's one. our segue. Segway? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I, I was, was getting impersonal. there. <laughs>
2: uh, it took a little longer than I anticipated, but I was, I was intentionally building that up.
0: So Sarah, um, the one thing I really knew about you when, at, when Belmont started, and I I don't know why I knew this, but um, was that you were part of a School of Rock program.
1: I was. Um, so the school of Rock, probably the reason you knew about it was because I was like gone all the time, and everybody was always like, "Where'd Sarah go?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I would never go to any of those. They'd have like the and Hall meetings, and I was never there because I was gone like every weekend. Oh, there were um, meetings for this thing. I think so. (laughs) There were on our floor anyway. They always Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were in the basement, so it was weird in the basement.
0: (laughs) The basement Um, was the easier place to sneak boys (laughs) into. There were like eight of
1: us. You know, I don't – I was so worried about getting in trouble that like none of that was happening in my dorm. Oh, that
0: definitely happened in mine.
1: Yeah, I don't even remember. I, think I was, there was right one by girl the stairwell, was, well, was so it was not that way. Oh, easy, yeah.
0: <laughs> you I think that. I mean, you definitely
1: could have stuck
0: people in and out the window. But... What did you say, I, I
2: Called you all heathens.
1: Why?
0: Okay.
2: God. Oh my goodness, my my poor little sheltered soul.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that never happened at my undergrad.
0: Um. So. So uh, yeah. That 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 might be where that might be where, but um. It was that or like that big Facebook group.
1: Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. True, true. Um, so, well, with that said, so I was a part of this um, program called the, at the time it was called the Paul Green School of Rock. Now it's just called School of Rock um, because Paul Green sold it. Um, but this program started in Philadelphia um, in, I want to say the late 90s or early 2000s. And they started to open basically like franchises kind of. Mm-hmm. And the first one that was not in Philly was open in my hometown of Downingtown, which is about 40 miles west of Philly. Um, and I joined the program as a student. Um, my older brother knew the, the kids whose parents were opening the school. And so he became a teacher. I became a student. And um, at the time, I mean, even now, I think now there's like, Don't quote me on this, but there's probably close to 100 schools nationwide. Um, But at the time, there were two. And as I was going, I was about 15 or 16 when I joined. Um, And so they had the main school in Philadelphia and a program called the All-Stars, which they still have. They're just all sort of regionally based. And they do do less than they did when I was in it. So when I was in it, um, got into this All-Stars program. And we toured all over the country. We played with John Anderson from Yes. We played with John Wetton from Asia. Uh, Some of the kids played with Peter Frampton. I didn't get to, which I was very sad about that. Um, But so this program, basically, you'd go in for like your weekly lesson, still this way, you go in for your weekly lesson. And then there are several seasonal shows. So like my first show was funk and reggae. And so you get assigned like five Funk and reggae songs. And then at the end of the season, you put on a show. Oh, nice. And so that was kind of the deal, which, and I think there were like two or three seasons essentially a year. So I remember I did a funk and reggae. One I did a Led Zeppelin one. I did a women in rock one, which was all women artists and um musicians, and it was the coolest thing because just the timing of it for me was really, really great because I was in my teens and I got to sort of just work on my performance skills and we did we went to Germany and did the Zappinali nice. festival. I went to Sweden and worked with kids over there, like it was just. A really really cool program to get to be a part of, and yeah, um, that's so. so and cool. I did it through, yeah, I did it all the way through my first year in college. Um, they just kept asking me to come back and do stuff, so I was like, sure, whatever, yeah. I'll come do it. I get paid for it now, nice. so that was fun. Um, so it was a really great thing, and it just like was a way for me to sort of learn how to be a performer. You know, and, yeah. and make relationships. I still keep in touch with some of the kids. One of the drummers that was in it, drums for Dr. Dog now. Like there are some, uh, one of the bassists, she plays with Adrian Ballou. Like there's just some cool stuff that some of the the kids that I went to the school with at the time are doing. And so um, it was really, really cool. And just um, to have that kind of a music education, where which was barely based on theory and mostly just based on being creative and learning songs that's what you did in your lessons you learned how to play the songs so like that's where I learned to play slide
0: and with other people exactly
1: yeah which is a skill that you can't get by just taking regular music lessons um
0: no I remember taking regular music lessons and most of the time like if we had if and that was a big if we had a recital Mm -hmm. it would just be like us with the guitar or on the piano Mm -hmm. or whatever and then it was in high school I think somebody um my teacher must have been kind of inspired by that Mm -hmm. because he took that approach where he would have recitals and they would be at a real place in public not some random ass little bookstore but like (laughs) Yeah, like outdoor concerts that were a big deal and there'd be – the people you were playing with were like other students. Right. And that was just so, so cool. And especially um, I feel like if you're not in like band. Right. Or like if you play guitar, like maybe you get to be in jazz band. Right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like there's not really any structured opportunities to um, learn how to play with other people. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that just that skill, especially if you want to go into music, you've got to be able to play with other people. And um, so having that from a very early, early age was, I think, really, really great for me.
0: Um, Yeah. And did you already play guitar when you started with that? I
1: did. I started playing guitar when I was 10. Nice. My dad is... um, he's a woodwind player. Um, so he used to play in like the pit orchestras when all the musicals would come off of Broadway and tour into Philadelphia and he repairs musical instruments for a living. So when I was a kid, he worked at a music store teaching lessons and fixing horns. And so I would go after school and hang out, I'd have a clarinet lesson and whatever. And I, at some point just, I saw this like little kid, almost kid size electric guitar. And I was like, Dad, I really want to play that. And I must have bugged him for like a year. And finally, he bought me an acoustic guitar. (laughs) He was like, you're not getting the electric. You're getting the acoustic. That's the way it is. I was like, fine. (laughs) I was like, if you stick it out, you can have an electric in a year. And I was like, okay. And so I started taking lessons at the music store. And I did end up getting an electric eventually for my birthday. (laughs) And then kind of just like took lessons on and off um, until – the school of rock thing happened and then i took lessons but again they were they were less um you know there was no reading involved which i love sight reading actually that was one of my favorite parts about belmont <laughs> It's like i still if i can find something to sight read i'll do it um but i yes. loved it, having that element and also like i grew up playing clarinet and violin and so having those skills it doesn't really help me in my everyday artistry but i like to have it in my back pocket if i need it um, Oh yeah. So I, but the school of rock thing was, was not that at all. There was no reading. There was no, uh, really no theory with my teachers anyway, which that's probably something that people could have, that kids could have used was theory. Cause I didn't really know a lot of theory until I got to college. And then I was sort of in trouble a little bit with, with my school, you know, with my grades, but that didn't matter in the end. Um, but the school of rock just, you know, it gave you strength in your ear because you had to go home and learn these songs. And then the teachers would like help guide oh, yeah. you, but it was really more about going home, learning your songs and then having to learn how to play them on stage. And so that was the teaching method, which I think it still is. Um, and I think it was great. It was a great opportunity to get to do. and
2: There's something about knowing that you're going to play on stage that makes you really want to practice. Because there's nothing like having those nightmares of like, exactly, Oh no, totally. I forgot my parts. And uh, I'm a doofus enough for have exactly. done that live. Yep. They're just flubbed a guitar solo and like, well, that was embarrassing. I probably should have practiced that more.
1: Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I love that there are these programs now that seem to be really focused around um, more of a real world experience mm-hmm. for people. Um, for kids like more real world musicianship totally, and not just playing with other people, but also like Andrew said, like playing in front of an audience, Mm -hmm. a real audience, um, playing real songs, like going home and having to learn a part either by ear or if it's on pro tab or whatever. Um, there's a lot to be said for that. And, um, it's something that I, I wish I had really existed more when I was young. Mm -hmm. I especially think about, Programs like uh, the, the rock and roll girls camps, like oh, yeah. the Southern Rock Girls Camp mm-hmm. in Nashville and Middle Tennessee mm-hmm. or the Rain City Rock Camp up here, um, especially just for uh, catering to, to young women, yeah. um, girls mm-hmm. who I, I mean, I don't know um, about your experience, but I, I was from a really rural area mm-hmm. when I started playing. I listened to what was considered really weird music, <laughs> um, and if there had been something, yeah, and if there had been something like, well, let's
2: be honest, Prince, Prince is eccentric.
0: Prince is very famous.
2: True, he is, but it, it's it's non traditional, which is good. Mm-hmm. It I like wasn't
0: that. pop. It wasn't like what was on the radio. Really it sure. wasn't Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. But um, and yeah. it, you know, I, listened to, I listened to stuff weirder than that too. But um, but if I had had something like. Uh, like, a rock camp or even a rock school, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have made me feel a little bit less like a, a, weird, a weird kid. Yeah. Like, sure. oh, here are these other people who, like, listen to the replacements. Yeah. And not even, like, my age or even the instructors.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean – that was something that I think was so valuable to me because I was that way too. I, my dad raised me on like Steely Dan and like just stuff that my friends were not listening to. And also just being a, you know, when you're 16 and you are a girl and you play guitar, like you are, you are an odd person out. Like you're, I mean, at least I was not the cool girl. I was not popular or anything like that, but having this, oh, hell though, you know, where all of my friends were, were also players and there was nothing odd or different about it. It was just, we were all there doing the same thing, learning the same stuff. And there was a community that I don't think I would have gone to where I am now if I didn't have that then, you know, cause it also forces you, a lot of the kids I found myself included that, were involved were like, like me in the fact that they weren't the cool kids and they were shy and the stage brought something out of us, you know? And so giving kids an outlet like that is, I think, so valuable. And I wish there was more of it, you know? So the more stuff like that I see, I'm like, how can I get involved? And how can I, you know, mm-hmm. be a part of that? Because it's just so great and having lived it and I can see it's very visible to me, the effect that that had on me.
0: Yeah. And and do you still participate in uh, the rock school?
1: I don't as much. I did when they first opened here. I, my brother, actually the same one who taught at the school that I grew up in, moved down here to teach at the one here. Um, but he left that job and I think it may have changed ownership a few times. And so I just sort of like lost communication with the people um, running it. And we've been so busy too. But at first we were, we were, we would come in and do sort of like a master class type of thing and, it was
0: nice. cool, yeah. Yeah, there's um actually a School of Rock right next to my boxing gym in my neighborhood. Oh nice! So, like, I go to the gym, and then every time I go by the School of Rock, and I'm like, yeah. maybe if I get some free time, I should like see if they need some help. Totally, but, um, yeah, yeah. I've
2: you know the funny thing is, I just noticed that there's one over in my neck of the woods uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. strange, and I uh, I was like, huh, I wonder what the deal yeah. is with that. Wonder if that's. Like did Jack Black start it, or is this an <laughs> actual thing? That or? is
1: what is funny is this this school, as far as I know, started before that movie came out. So I'm pretty sure it did. That movie yeah. was what 2005.
2: What's something
1: that? Something like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah,
0: I think it mean, was before, before that.
2: Early 90s. You got some. Yeah, I
1: don't
0: even know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, it's something I I I just want to do more of because I feel like. Those things have become more prominent. I think we can see the results of it. Totally. I yeah. feel like there are a lot more, like especially awesome women starting mm-hmm. bands. Yep. Um, especially in Nashville. Yeah, totally. Like, it's kind of there's a really great community of like indie rock, punk, pop women mm-hmm. starting bands, yeah. and that's like not something I really anticipated. Um, oh, no, I know. When I first moved to Nashville in like 2007, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been, I, I have noticed it over the last couple of years how, um, it's, it's just become a thing and it's so great that, that women are finally being able to get out. Not that, not that we haven't before, but like, I, I don't know. I have an interesting take on it all because I didn't grow up Thinking that it was like weird that I was a girl and I played guitar. It was just like what I did, and no one else thought it was weird. And um, I, I also never really experienced anything until I was an adult. And like we'd go to a show and we'd be setting up, and after the show, somebody would come up to me and they said, "I thought you were just that guy's girlfriend before you started to play." Uh... And it's like it still happens. (laughs) It's so annoying but I never experienced that growing up. So none of that ever was like a part of my mindset. It was just like, I play guitar. It's what I do. That's cool. Whatever. And so I've always like carried that with me. And, but it's been over the past couple of years that I've noticed like, wow, there's some like imbalance here (laughs) that I didn't see. Oh yeah. And Mm -hmm. even like as a young adult, I didn't see it. And now, but now it seems like it's starting to hopefully it's starting to balance itself out and there are yeah. just some some great women artists and players that are becoming known which is so exciting and just like opening the doors and so it's a good time it's a good time to be in Nashville as a part of that too and um it's exciting
0: <laughs> oh totally um just just uh, there's one more thing I want to talk about with the rock camps yeah. it's like I know that all three of us kind of agree that they're great um but I don't know if any of you have heard I I don't want to describe it as fogeyism but it is kind of old Mm -hmm. fogeyism um I've definitely heard some people uh say oh well I didn't have that when I was a kid when I was a kid you just had to find like your other people and you had to work to start a band and then you had to like book your own shows Mm -hmm. and um I, I, I don't know like for me I I just I think I've said this a couple in a couple episodes recently, but don't we just always want the world to be better for future generations? Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: well, I mean, there's that. There's also the whole like, well, Steve Jobs started Apple in his garage, sure. but that does that mean that we sh- none of us should ever go to business right. school? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean,
1: True. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like props to props to Steve. Great job. Like seriously, yeah. well done respect that but uh not everybody's gonna do that
0: yeah right. and it's um, the idea of you shouldn't like compare yourself to to prodigies i think it's so easy to do mm-hmm. like oh yeah oh man when like a uh, like prince again when prince was 19 he already put out like an album and all this stuff like yeah well there are people who didn't like pick up the guitar until they were 30 and like they're great like it's it's kind of you can't judge yourself based on what other people do you just have to do what's best for you and if what's best for you is to not do any of these like programs or Mm -hmm. things that's fine yeah exactly but um I guess I do want to want to ask like um do you feel like there was anything missing from doing that kind of experience versus like having to book shows on your own as a teenager like is that something that became harder to learn
1: um I think there was a a little of that because once I was like 17 or 18 I was still in the program but I was also playing guitar with a friend of mine who she did book her own shows and I would kind of help do some of that stuff and um, you definitely did not have that skill. Um, everything was pretty much taken care of. Your flights were always taken care of. Your, you know, travel was always sorted by someone else um, because they were obviously, they had a massive liability of having 20 children traveling, you know, so um, that was always all sorted. And I do think that there is like that side of being, you know, being an artist or being a player or whatever that the school didn't didn't do and didn't help with, I think even now there's probably even more of a need for something like that involved in a program like that because of social media, which really didn't exist mm-hmm. when I was doing this, you know, Facebook was about it and you really didn't promote your fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wonder if now they might even have something like that, but like, like maybe there would be a weekend where they do like a camp on how to book your own shows and how, because ultimately all these kids end up forming their own bands and writing music anyway. So, you know, you have like the shows that you got to put on, but then people, people, you know, join up and make music together and they didn't have, they didn't give us that skill of how to do any of that stuff. So that would have been, I mean, obviously
2: the music part of it, yeah. You've got to be able to set these kids up for success mm-hmm. to, to do well later on because just because they can play doesn't mean they're not going to get chewed up and spit exactly. back out by the industry. Exactly. Uh, yep. So uh, when I was growing up, it was a, uh, the dynamic was if you wanted to play in a band, you had three options. One, you had to make friends, which wasn't exactly my game. <laughs> same. Two, yeah,
0: same. <laughs>
2: join the church band, right? Yeah, which I did. Uh, my mom was uh, on the youth staff and it, I was there early all the time anyways. And so I Had a pair of drumsticks and um, I didn't, for reference, I didn't start taking guitar seriously until I was an adult. So throughout high school, I was um, just a drummer through and through. Mm -hmm. I still love drums. Uh, So I picked up a pair of drumsticks and I just joined the band and that's what I did. And that's where a lot of my experience came from. And then the other option was to join the school band, Mm -hmm. which was probably one of the more valuable experiences yeah definitely i didn't do any of the booking Uh the high school i went to the jazz band was the band that brought in most of the revenue Mm -hmm. to make up for the lack of state funding wow and so our band teacher was our promoter we played all up and down southern california at different events and stuff oh
1: man we didn't do that yeah we didn't either (laughs) yeah no (laughs) that's
2: cool i definitely feel like we were getting cashed out a little bit it was only the spring semester but we would play a couple gigs a week wow um yeah, it that's was,
0: really cool. That is like we'd cool. go play
2: like at the local prison, and like they'd requested freebirds, so we that's learned really how to play cool. Freebirds.
0: <laughs> that's really um, so, cool. I had, to, I, was such other- a, I was such a little murderino. Like I loved like unsolved <laughs> mysteries. I was like prison, prison. <laughs> what
1: would you do to get it?
0: <laughs> like what you in for? But,
2: I mean, those are those are the three options in my little town. I never learned how to do promoting, and yeah. I go off to college. I'm like, I want to find people to play with, but like all I knew was like how to join the school jazz band. <laughs> and quite frankly, I, I was, I'm a, I'm a decent drummer, but it was never amazing. Yeah. And so I go off to college and I meet these other people who are like auditioning for the jazz band. I'm like, Oh my goodness, you actually, Oh wow. You took lessons your entire life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Ooh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I can't keep up with right. that. So I just, I just, I didn't really try. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I played for um played for the church i was attending um for like five years and don't get me wrong for for the for the style of music i'm into and um, that has been a great experience for me and i've always enjoyed playing at church but it's a very different niche and very much important for people to have these kinds of skills totally Uh, that's not something that church church prepared me for many other different things Mm -hmm. musically speaking that wasn't one of them
1: (laughs) so
0: yeah cool well, um, on that note, Sarah, is there anything else you want to, you want to talk about a uh, shout out promote?
1: Oh man. Uh,
2: this is your chance. This is this
1: my is... time to shine. Um, I don't know. I think that's it. I think, um, we've, we've got, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all of that just at striking matches. And we've got a lot of new music coming out this year and hopefully doing a bunch of touring very soon and all that good stuff. And Yeah, I don't
2: suppose you'll be swinging through the Seattle area. I'm
1: sure we will. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure we will be. Uh, eventually, it's been it's been a little too long since we've been up to Seattle, so I'm sure we will be.
2: I'll have to carve time out of my schedule to make sure I attend that show. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I'll say, uh, I've really been loving those little like 30 second videos you've been posting on Instagram. thanks. Yeah, was it uh L? El King, I think. Oh yeah, I did an El King one. Yeah. I've been trying to uh, do that. Was dope. Um, thank you.
1: I've been trying to do more of those kinds of things. Like I'll take um I'll take a pop song and whatever kind of like the drop is, I'll learn it on slide and then I'll make a video of, of doing that just to almost show that like you can play anything on the guitar dang it Um, yeah pop music
0: needs more guitars exactly and
1: honestly I think pop music is getting more guitars I think I notice it more and more like guitar intros and I think it is it is starting to some of it is getting like more rappy but also I think there's a lot of it that is actually coming back into more guitars which is really exciting I'm very pumped about that. nice
0: yeah totally Hmm. Um, so what's the new single? It's called
1: Don't Hold Back.
0: All right. Uh, well, I'll definitely post a link to that. Um, we have a Facebook group for everyone listening. Uh, it's the Get Offset Podcast Facebook group. Um, and I do a visual thread there for almost every episode um, as long as I'm near a computer within mm-hmm. the next couple of days after it drops, uh, which is typical. Um, so I'll post links to that and some of the other things we've talked about, probably some videos from the TV show Nashville.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I, You know, I liked that show. I, I liked that show because I could watch it. I could laugh at the idea of somebody walking from the Gulch to East Nashville. Uh, right. Or like walking out of Fido and stopping at a coffee cart. All right. Yeah. 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 And then I could call my grandmother and we could talk about it. Oh. Aww. Yeah, she loves that show. I
1: really liked it, especially in the beginning. I was very into it. I kind of once it was off of ABC and I didn't have whatever the network it moved to, uh, yeah. I kind of lost it. But I mean, having the songs on there um, was really, really cool for us. And like that show was huge in England too. And so now we've got this really great UK fan base, really thanks to starting with that show because they knew our songs that were on it um and so we yeah. have the ability Didn't to like your first album thing,
0: number one
1: yeah i on think the so
0: UK, yeah. I'm sure. yeah. <laughs>
1: um so yeah so that show i will always be so so appreciative of that show and the people that worked on it and we've made so many good friends of like the cast of that show and um so i'm i'm a little sad that it's over because it was sort of this community that has somewhat dwindled because everybody's got to go you know they got to get jobs and that makes sense and so a lot of the folks have moved out of town and or don't come into town as often but um i'm super grateful for that show and what it's done for us just as as songwriters and artists and all that so
0: hey all right that's awesome very cool (laughs) yep andrew you have anything you want to send this out on
2: uh, I don't think so. I think I think it's time to wrap this up.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, to everyone listening, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, this was the Get Offset podcast. I'm Emily.
2: I'm Andrew.
1: And I'm Sarah.
0: Goodbye.